I'm Ryan Milliken from Hardway Performance, and you're listening to The Diesel Podcast. I'm Demetri Miller with No Zone Diesel. This is Anthony Rings from XDP. This is Jaron Holder from Holder Down Performance. Corey Willis from TPI. I'm Drew with D&J Precision Machine. I'm Pinky. And you're listening to The Diesel Podcast. Diesel Podcast. You're listening to The Diesel Podcast. The Diesel Podcast. The one and only Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're glad that you guys could be with us today. We've got a really cool episode about towing setups on 6.7 liter Cummins trucks from engines to transmissions and basically everything in between. Before we jump into the podcast, though, we want to thank our sponsors that make these episodes possible. Dan's Diesel Performance has a ton of cool drop-in turbos for your Duramax. No matter what year it is, they've got basically everything in stock ready to go. Make sure and, and hit them up. Go to dansdieselperformance.com. We also want to thank Amsoil. They are the first in synthetics, and they have a ton of products for your Power Stroke, Duramax, or Cummins, whether it's engine oil, filters, gear oil for your differentials, tons of different things. Make sure and check them out. And then we also want to thank Diesel World. Diesel World is the number one authority. If you're into diesel trucks, you want to know what's going on at events, you want to see build sheets and write-ups and coverage of basically anything diesel, make sure and check them out at dieselworldmag.com. All right, let's get to this 6.7 Ultimate Towing Setup with Greg. Greg, it is great to have you on the Diesel Podcast today. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing, Patrick? I am doing awesome. I have been watching your YouTube videos forever. <laughs> I think everyone in the Cummins world knows who you are. It's uh, it's It's been a while. It's been, uh, I think I've been doing videos for about a little over a year and a half now, so... Awesome. Yeah, I think, uh, I was like, you know, who hasn't heard of Greg? But for any of the guys out there that haven't, tell us a little bit about your channel, what you focus on on the episodes, and like how many you release per week, and what, what you're doing. Sure. Um, yeah, my name's Greg. Uh, I have a, uh, I guess you would call a fairly large YouTube channel. Um, it's pretty just, uh, you know, me, myself, some friends, and, uh, you know, mostly based on the Cummins platform in the uh, diesel industry. I have quite a few projects going on myself, and uh, it's more of a kind of like a, what you would call a, a day in the life of what we're doing that day revolving around, uh, you know, truck stuff. And uh, that's what I've been doing for the last year and a half or so. Um, I upload, I, I try to upload three to four times a week, so on a pretty consistent basis. Um, every day is kind of something a little bit different, but, that in a uh, in a nutshell is kind of what I do as a as a side thing. I still have my normal job as well, so uh, kind of do that after after hours kind of thing. And the parts that uh, that I've seen on the videos are awesome, but the the episodes and your whole channel really strike towards I think what everybody who gets bitten by the diesel bug, you know how they got bitten, which is you have a truck, you invite some friends over. Um, you need, mm-hmm. might need help installing parts or you get two or three trucks together and you spend all afternoon or weekend cranking on something so it's ready to you know drive to work on Monday and that's yep. and then, the part uh, that... then, then it's then it's then it's snowballs and snowballs and uh, you know <laughs> next next thing you know you need another truck so the other truck uh, you know can can do all the fun stuff so yeah it's uh, never never ending it's a slippery slope <laughs> oh very very that's for sure well, I had asked our listeners, like, hey, we're going to have Greg on. What are some questions that you want us to ask him? And they're, I'm just going to rattle them off. 
But the first one was, how do you balance creating content and videos for your YouTube channel and then everything else in life, whether it's going to events or work or all those different things, what's your secret to balance? Oh, I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it's a secret. It's a lot of, uh, well, I guess you could start off by, uh, you know, not sleeping a whole lot is, uh, is, is number one. Uh, number two would be, uh, having a, a, a very understanding wife, uh, to, to allow me to kind of, you know, do, do all of this stuff. And she's, uh, she's just been awesome. She's a, you know, number one fan, but, uh, you know, it's not, it's not easy. It's a very delicate balance. It's, uh, you know, um, how do I want to word this? It's kind of, I guess time management, you know, it's, it, there's only so many hours in the day, so it's not, it's not easy. And I, if you, if you were to ask my wife that question, she'd be like, uh, it's pretty easy. Greg runs around with his head cut off all day long and, you know, constantly on the move and always here, always there. So, uh, you know, you always kind of got to take a step back, back sometimes and, okay, should probably stay home today and, you know, hang out, hang out with the family. So, that's a balance that a lot of guys on our podcast have talked about, whether they're doing, you know, whether it's a UCC truck or DPC truck or mm-hmm. it's ODSS or something like that is the balance can be really hard to find. And the guys like yourself that do find it, it's, it's kind of like everyone wants to know, how do I balance all this stuff? Is it so easy to get lost? One, in websites that sell parts. Two is reading about parts. Three is waiting for the parts. Four is putting the parts on. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, it might just, you know, come with time. You kind of just figure it out as you go. You kind of, you know, learn what does and doesn't work and, you know, just try to, you know, focus the best you can. And, you know, the, I think, I think cell phones are probably the biggest, uh, you know, thing you start looking at your cell phone and scrolling through your, your social media, you know, and next thing you know, you, you blow two couple hours just doing that. So, um, you know, trying to stay focused. I usually, normally I will have, like a plan for that day of how I kind of expect things to go. Sometimes they don't go anywhere close to that. But if I try to plan out ahead of time, usually I can check more things off of my list of that day. If I don't get them all, at least I have them up there to check off during the day. So That is so important. I have to do that. There's a ton of good apps that are out there. I have to do it with the podcast because there's like, three or four time zones involved and different right. things. And I'm like, I need something to keep me in line because if I rely on my <laughs> own devices to do it, it ain't going to happen. Right. Right. <laughs> we had a, another guy ask, he's like, you need to ask Greg what he's doing with his race truck. Is anything changing? What's his plan with it? If he can talk about it. So he sounded like a guy that he subscribes to and he's really, he watches all your episodes. Yeah. Um, you know, I pretty much, uh, on the channel, I, you know, obviously there's some uh, suspense in, in the builds. Usually I'm a pretty pretty open book when it comes to what's going on and stuff like that. So the drag truck, um, which we had uh, attained, I would say, maybe six to eight months ago, pretty much took it uh, a bone stock truck off the side of the road that was a old work truck, um, and we raced it once in, in stock form and was actually going to use it for a work vehicle. Um, at the time, I was racing a quad cab short bed, full complete truck, um, had 50,000 miles on it, really did not want to put a cage in, in the interior of that truck. That was my number one thing that I did not want to do. So kind of did a little flip-flop in turn, kind of took this regular cab uh, off the side of the road and kind of took that because I had a beat-up body, uh, had a little bit higher miles, and that turned that into 
um, really a, I, w- I wouldn't call it a Pro Street. I would call it a Pro Street Flash 590 class is what we'll be running uh, next year in the ODSS series, uh, racing series. Um, right now, it is just finishing up all of the chassis and cage work. We put a 256 uh, certification roll cage in it. Um, we back half the complete truck. So that is pretty much finishing up at the uh, uh, Coker chassis and fab up in Pennsylvania where I'm at right now. I'll be, I'll be um, picking that up within this week, and then I'm actually going to be taking it down to uh, King Speed Race and Repair down in Bowling Green, Kentucky. They are going to be helping me uh, kind of wrap up, finish up the truck, kind of give me a hand with uh, getting all of the data, log- data logging, wiring uh, done, nitrous stuff, um, all while I'm waiting for, and I think what most people want to know is the engine setup that's going in the truck. So. Uh, Freedom Racing Engine is in the midst of kind of completing that as we speak, so that'll be a couple weeks away. The, I guess you would call it the spec sheet on that is we're going to be using a Hamilton 6.7 solid block, um, along with a lot of other some of their some of their recipe, their race recipe. So it's going to be a completely solid block. There's going to be no no coolant circulating or anything like that. So it's pretty much a straight race engine. There's no no street use about that. So that's kind of, in a nutshell, where the drag truck project is, where it's going, and how it's going to progress. The the goal is to still make some passes by the end of the year. That's going to be cool. I know Chase and the guys at Kingspeed, they they know how to go fast, and so do the Freedom Racing Engine guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. So uh, it should be be a, a very fun, exciting, wild, uh, wild trip. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to, uh, completing it and, and using it and racing it. So now have you ran into the, the same thing? I know a lot of the UCC guys did with, which is what kind of transmission am I going to run in this? Are you going to stick with a 48? You're thinking, you know, kind of, oh, maybe I'll go to a whole different setup. Is that still going to up in the air? Um, it's, it is still a four wheel drive truck. So we still will be using a 48, um, Muldoon's Diesel uh, in Newcastle, Delaware, does all of my uh, transmission work, and we've kind of uh, teamed up with the guys at Suncoast as well. Uh, Suncoast is really, um, you know, leaps and bounds is improving um, how to take, uh, you know, 2,000-plus horsepower and get it in, you know, trucks that are living, uh, making passes all year round. I mean, the, the whole, the weakest link is now that these, engines are making consistent super high horsepower numbers is everything else it's the you know the transmissions is not trying to pull them every every couple passes is uh the challenge so uh we've john at at muldoon's and uh with help of suncoast we're gonna you know come up with a unit for uh my truck and and hopefully uh have have no issues isn't it crazy how over the last three to four years the power and the engine development has gone so crazy that now we're like the transmissions won't hold like you know this full billet 48 with billet drums and all this stuff it might not be enough we got to innovate it the if you've if you've been uh you know around or in the diesel industry for i guess you'd probably say longer than the last three or four years you know i've i kind of started when i had just graduated high school and you know 10 to you know 10 to 12 years later it's crazy how it's gone from oh man your your truck has six or seven hundred horsepower that's like 
the baddest thing ever. Now, now it's like, you know, that, that is pretty much doubled, uh, to the point where that's the norm. Oh, 1400 yeah. horse on the street. Sure. That's, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. You know, it's, 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 it's been wild. That's for sure. Yeah. I remember, gosh, when I started like 900, a thousand was insane. And now it's like, and that's almost every other street truck, depending on where you're, where you're talking. Oh about. yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yep. This third question, I think we're going to be able to spend a ton of time on it because it is one of the most asked questions we get on these is mm-hmm. I'm not racing. I'm not going into a, a race series. I'm not doing UCC or DPC. I need a truck for work. I'm going to be towing this or maybe they're towing their car to the racetrack or something else. And mm-hmm. it's the ultimate towing setup. Using, using a truck for a truck. Yep. Using it for a truck. And I wanted to focus in on the six, seven Cummins. The gentleman that asked this had one, but that is a ton of our listeners. I'm sure your subscribers as well. So see an Oh seven and a half to 17. I guess we could even go 18 model is how would we, how would we respect this build out? Say something about 550 horse. We'll start there. We'll, we'll do another one with, you know, we're talking 750, but 550. Okay. What would you, with your experience, the things you've seen, Say this is the way I would build this truck. So I guess I could start with um, so you know we mentioned two things you know your your third gen six seven which would be uh, you know oh seven and a half to when they started the, the fourth gen body style and then go into the fourth gen. So um, the truck that I use for work every day and that has done all of my uh, towing duties, which um, I used to have a, a two six sled pulling truck, so I towed that all across the world. I'm not, well, not, I'm sorry, not world, but East Coast, I would say. <laughs> I'm on the East Coast. Um, but that truck is a uh, 08, 67, four-door long bed. Uh, most of all of my towing is, is, a, is a gooseneck. I have a PJ 35-foot uh, hydraulic over dovetail tandem dual uh, trailer. So it's it empty. It weighs about 7,500 pounds. So pretty, pretty heavy on the towing scale. Um, and it's a six-speed. So that truck... Uh, I can give you a pretty, it's a pretty generic rundown. So this truck I had bought completely stock, and I had the mindset of I'm going to use this every day for work, and I'm not going to replace anything until it actually fails. So uh, really, it's a pretty short story. The only thing that I've actually replaced on this is the factory uh, VGT turbo. That went out around 140,000, 150,000 miles, which at that point uh, I replaced it with a second-gen swap, so it's a T4 speed speed manifold with a uh, Borg Warner 467.7 turbo. Um, it obviously has a uh, has a clutch, has a South Bend uh, street dual disc dual friction clutch in it, uh, which works amazing for backing up trailers. Other than that, I have uh, a set of helper airbags in in the back to kind of help uh, you know with the with the added weight. It still has a completely stock fuel minus a air dog lift pump 4G uh, lift pump. Besides that, the truck is pretty much, there's been no, uh, you know, still stock injectors, stock CP3. Um, I would say that truck, power-wise, is probably right in that, uh, in that ballpark. It has, uh, has t- uh, EFI Live tuning from HPP, um, and it's just been, that truck now has a little over 200,000 miles on it, and it doesn't miss a beat. I drive about two, 300 miles a day on it, and then, uh, up until recently, which I've now upgraded the uh, the tow rig, I guess you would call it, uh, 
you know, has done all of my towing duties, uh, hauling around all my trucks, all the race events. So it, it hasn't skipped a beat. One of the questions I know a lot of guys are going to have is how did that 467, how does it spool, say when you're going, you're traveling over higher elevations or, you know, going across a pass, do you still get that response you do at sea level with weight behind you and going up in elevation a little bit? I, I would say that I don't have the experience in higher elevations. I will say that uh, most of all of my stuff is at sea level. And the fact that most people will ask me, uh, you know, they'll ask me, what do you think about that, you know, 67.7? I, my first thing is, is your truck a sticker or an automatic? Because I think that that has a lot to do with it, even yeah. if you're – so if you're going to be an automatic truck and add in higher elevation on top of that – you're probably going to want to back down that size just a little bit. I know a lot of guys are doing, you know, 64s, uh, 63s uh, seem to be a pretty popular option. So somewhere right in that, you know, 63, 64, 67, depending on the next. The other thing is uh, for for me, that doesn't feel like any lag at all. I've driven a lot of higher horsepower stuff where the lag doesn't really bother me. Somebody who might not be used to that. That might be feel completely different to them, so kind of kind of depends. But somewhere right in there will be, you know, the happy sweet spot. And did you do any valve train work or throw a set of ARP head studs on the truck? Or is it oh really right, out? okay, yes, I did. Uh, most mostly like the first uh, the first step in any of usually most of my builds are um, I use ARP six twenty fives on mostly all of my six seven projects. Not that they are necessary. You can do the 2000s or what people call 425s, but I usually uh, opt for the uh, uh, 625s. But if I did, I've had I've had head studs in pretty much everything. That is a really good point that you brought up because a lot of guys are like, well, should I spend the 1200 bucks or whatever the price might be on the 625s or do the ARP 2000s? And it seems to be if you want to do it once and just be done, just do the 625. You know, and that's, I think I, you know, um, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say that I preach 625s. I've just always been, that's just kind of who I, you know what I mean? If something mm-hmm. has to come apart again, I don't feel uncomfortable reusing them. Um, you know, they have a higher clamping force. They get torqued higher than 2000s. Uh, so in my book, they are if you can swing it. Now, if you or a little bit more on the budget side. There's probably no, I've I've built trucks that have made seven eight hundred horse and they've been on two thousand. So kind of you know what whatever you feel comfortable with really. It's probably a combination of like turbo and tuning and mm-hmm. different things that factor into the cylinder pressures and the timing and everything else into it. Whether you can do one or the other, and I, I know the. The guys out there are like, well, I, I mean, I didn't get a G56. I have a 68 RFE. And the really cool thing about a 550-horse setup is you don't have to get really into some of the higher-end 68 RFE builds. They really just need a little bit of help with line pressure and yeah. converters and things like that to, to do it. So it's not much different whether it's an auto or a manual. Right, yep. And that's uh, – so my new my new tow rig is a 2018, um, and this truck is going to be – you know, it's not so much – it can obviously still be used for work every day, but um, this is going to be more set up for uh, towing my, my newer, bigger enclosed trailer around. Uh, it's an 18. Yeah, I equipped it with 
uh, 4.10 gear ratio for a little bit, you know, better low end when you're towing. And it, it does have a 68 in it as well, which I kind of opted for as a little bit easier when you're uh, sitting in traffic instead of uh, using your left foot all the time. <laughs> what's your What's your plan with the 18? What are you looking at it doing as far as power level and upgrades on that one? You know, I think I think we're going to take it through the uh, through the gamut of, um, and I guess I I probably have to admit right up front, like I usually been stuff very minimally, and then it just like everything else kind of snowballs rapidly. <laughs> uh, so I, I really have been trying to uh, do it kind of slowly. Uh, I would say we're probably definitely going to be you know in that five five fifty range before I have to you know do something with the transmission, and then um, you know the the thing with the 68, I think you could you can get the biggest, baddest one out there, um, and still, once you start getting up to that 650, 700-ish, you're really kind of with that transmission playing with a little bit of fire. So, and I personally, if you're really just going for a straight towing, now, obviously, you could tow with a 1,000 horse if you really wanted to and had it set up for that, but for most people... Uh, I, I'm not, you know, six, six fifty, seven hundred. I mean, that's that's plenty. You know, that's going to move. That's going to be moving on the highway. So, oh, for sure. And in like with the transmission setup, whether it's, you know, ETS, Suncoast, you know, Revmax, BD, any of those companies out there, is a lot of what they do to the clutches change mm-hmm. whether we're talking five fifty or we're talking nine hundred, mm-hmm. and they may not lend themselves to towing at seven hundred. So that all. And it all plays a big role, like you mentioned, with you know where are we building this truck towards, and is the platform even designed for you know a thousand horse tow truck? Probably not on a sixty-eight RV, but yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> and the price tag on them, but uh... <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's like uh, we were mentioning before. Uh, you know, when you when you're specking out a build and all this, uh, you know, okay, what's what's your what's your what's your realistic budget for? you know, where you want to be at to kind of start the path. That is a really excellent point that we had uh, someone on not long ago, about a week ago, he did UCC. He's like, the number one piece of advice I'd give someone is, like, pick your goal, and you will save so much money doing that versus changing turbos, injectors, CV3, all these different things along the way. You'll spend thousands more doing that. I think think one of the, uh, I guess, to flip it around, people asking me questions and, and you know, the, I think the biggest question that I get, and it may not be specifically just one question, but it's a lot of setup questions. It's a lot of, um, you know, what do I do? Where do I start kind of thing? It's like, okay, the first thing you got to tell me is how are you using the truck? What do you want to do with the truck? Um, what's your power goal and what's your budget? You know, you could, you got to have some of that aligned because you could, you could want to have a thousand horse and not have the whole budget and there's ways to get around and do it if you don't plan on really it it's just a lot of you you really got to sit down here's what I want to do with the truck here's how I'm going to use the truck here's my budget um and kind of go from there because you can obviously there's so many different ways to cook a cake that you could get to the end result a lot of different ways that's a really good point as just thinking, you know, say we want a 750 horse truck that tows or an 800. Well, 
are we starting with that goal or is it, I'm kind of bored with 600, 650. Now I need a different turbo setup. Oh, this transmission I got that's rated at 600 horse. It's not going to hold us. And I got to pull it, send it off, have the up, you know, upgrades done for that power right. level. Yep. And yeah, the budget could be 10,000. It could be 40,000. <laughs> There's yeah. a big oh, swing yeah. there. <laughs> right. It's, you know, I guess, you know, somebody's like, I, I want the fastest spooling a thousand horsepower truck. I, I can get, so, Okay, so you need some tw- you need you probably going to need compound turbos. Um, you know, right off the bat, right there, when people see the price of those, they could be, oh well, I I don't well, well that's what you kind of that's what you were asking. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot of communication to try and help someone, and it takes some time. It definitely takes some time. You know, whether that person's ever really a lot. I you know what I get a lot is, oh I want a thousand horse. Okay, first question, firing back at you. What's the, what's the, you know, what, have you driven anything that's close to that? Because you, you probably, if you've driven about 8 or 850, you're not going to, you're going to say that you don't need it because it's not needed. It's so, uh, it's really just a number game, but. That is so true. I'm sure you, you've seen it, but it's like when you have a stock diesel truck and it's maybe making 300 at the tires and then you throw a tuner on and it's maybe 500. Okay, that's exciting, but then you get used to it. I'm like, well, I need a different turbo, I need a little bit more fuel. Now you're at 6, 650, wow, it's exciting. Then you get bored with it. And then it eventually hits a point where I don't really want to drive this thing. Like, right. you get into the right. throttle, it's roasting the tires. I don't really want to do this every day. Right, yep. Yeah, it's a whole uh, what's usable, what's not. and Yeah, it's... Uh... We've gotten quite off the topic of uh, the tow truck, but <laughs> answering a lot of like questions here. <laughs> they almost fit together though, because I think right. a lot of you know, that's the thing with diesel is you can you can daily drive it, you can tow a trailer, you can take it to test and tunes or local track and have fun with it. Mm-hmm. But at what point does this tow truck turn into a race truck? And I'm sure you you get a lot of feedback from YouTube and guys that subscribe and listen to you. Is is there a point of no return? that you would say on a 6.7 Cummins, this needs to be retired as a daily driver and it needs to just be trailered? Um, you know, that's it's also kind of a loaded question because, uh, you know, the thing that keeps popping into my mind, uh, and I'm not sure if you've, you've seen this as well, the guys at Firepunk, you know, Levon's quad cab long bed truck that has uh, won many a titles, uh, you know, he tows his, uh, sometimes he tows his enclosed trailer, uh, which is probably pretty heavy, and I think that truck makes about maybe 12, maybe even 14. It's got a, you know, built engine and big compounds on it, and he's towing his trailer around. Now, obviously, that's the way far spectrum of what we're talking about, but it's kind of, you'll always have the person, well, well, sure, you can tow on a thousand. Well, yes, you, you can if it's set up for that. But at what point, you know, where where do you draw the line, I guess, is where that comes into play. But I would say to a normal for a normal person, I would say, I would say maybe like 750, 800. You know, and I'm I'm more of a kind of a simple setup kind of person. Using uh, a truck on a daily basis for a tow truck that has say, you know, twin pumps and just more moving parts, you just kind of run into more moving parts and the whole reliability thing. Um, if I'm going to use something every day and tow with it a lot just like how my 08 hasn't missed a beat i mean it's been very very simple uh you know one turbo one pump uh very very simple setup and it works now 
you can obviously upgrade those simple parts and make around eight eight fifty and still be reliable and still tow. So that is yeah, that's true. That the lawns, the, the quad cab long bed. I saw it in person five or six years ago at DPC, and that is, I think, in my opinion, the ultimate five nine for <laughs> you know something they they would drive, they could go on the dyno, have fun with, and some of the things translate over from the five nine to six seven. But there's, I think, it, it, like you said before, it really comes back to what is your budget. And how much do you want to spend, and you know how do you make that work? I, I, I think for I think for the majority of people, it's going to be a single turbo, uh, a single a single pump, and you know your bolt tons because that's going to be simple, reliable, and without breaking the bank, and has the fluctuation of can go from five. 750-800. I really liked your build plan of I'm not going to replace something unless it breaks because I think that can eat up a lot of a budget as well as there's so many parts, so many things that are out there, but if it's not broke, why fix it? Yeah, if, if, if it's working and it's accomplishing, uh, you know, what you want to do. In, I guess, like my like I said, my deck over weighs about seven seventy five hundred dry with a another 7,000 pound truck on that. Um, with the six speed in that truck, what I was doing, it was meeting all of my goals. So sure, I could add this or do this a little bit different or try and make a little bit more power, but it it would definitely move out of its own way without any problem. If I wanted to go around somebody on the highway, it would do exactly what I wanted it to do. It was smooth, not towing. I use it every day and it's enjoyable. There's no quirks it just works and i'm like why why would i try to keep touching this right that's kind of where i left off on it i mean my plan originally was i got that 467 because i wanted to grow into that 7 750 ish range and i knew that that was a small injector size and a couple other little things uh maybe a you know a 10 millimeter cp3 and a set of small 60% over injectors away from making an even higher horsepower number. But I love, I love it the way it is on stock fuel, and I haven't really, <laughs> I haven't really touched it. <laughs> that, that just got me thinking as well about, okay, so we've got guys listening to this, and they're, okay, I'm going to do a 550 build, I'm going to do a 700 build. But the maintenance on it, and we had talked a little bit before the podcast about you know, trucks and different things like that, and we started talking about AMSOIL and their products, and you're like, I run them in my trucks. And I wanted to ask you for your feedback on like which products you use and then what kind of, say, performance or maintenance benefits you're seeing, whether you're using um, you know, the engine oil with the filter or if you're using it in the differentials, different things like that, what your real-world experience is with the AMSOIL products. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I do run AMSOIL quite a bit. I think that they are just, uh, you know, a top tier company. And I usually, if, if, if you've, if you've kind of been a consistent viewer, you guys, I mean, most people know that I tend to go a little bit over the top and I usually try to, you know, get the best stuff possible, no matter if it's, you know, fuel system air, you know, just and down to regular maintenance and, and fluids and stuff like that. So 
Um, I do obviously try to use Amsoil. I, I use Amsoil in my differentials without a doubt, uh, engine oil as well. Um, so it, this, this stuff does work, works very, works very well. So I use that. Um, you know, I use, uh, use the Cummins Mopar oil filter most of the times because it's readily accessible for me. I know there's, that, that could be a whole nother, uh, Podcast. You know, topic, but we're not, we're yeah. not, yeah, we're not going to get in, we're not going to get into that. I think people tend to go a little, uh, overboard with, with that conversation. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I usually try to keep stuff very simple and just use, good quality, you know, stuff wherever I'm, you know, doing OEM maintenance, stuff like that, like using OEM stuff, seals and bearings and stuff like that. So that's a really good, uh, a really awesome point about these trucks, like yours, like your, your tow truck is how many miles you put on, how much you drive. Well, you have these great parts, you have this power level that you want, but the maintenance sometimes gets overlooked, whether it's, you know, like changing the fuel filter and water separator on a faster air dog kit or the oil changes or coolant just different things that uh, can sometimes be overlooked but they can affect reliability and how well that towing setup performs you know, long term I, I think i think that's uh you know not to get off on another tangent but a lot of um i'd just say the younger generation coming into the diesel scene they, they see the trucks they think they're cool they're awesome and and they are uh they are also with that same coolness factor uh, come a whole new level of cost of maintaining. Uh, so, you know, we we had bought a first-gen truck, a project truck, which we still have. Uh, the first couple months of that build on the channel was we went through everything, brakes, seals, um, you know, everything, because that's like the last thing you want to be on the side of the road or, or dealing with uh, when it fails. You want to try and do that ahead of time. And I think that when you're buying a used diesel, because sometimes, you know, people use them as just regular work trucks. They're not their uh, passion. They're not their goal. They're just uh, A to B means of work. So when, a, you know, say a, a young guy picks up a truck, you know, he wants to go fast. And yeah. I don't blame him, but like you were saying, the maintenance is, is really – I can't stress it enough because the wheel bearing and stuff like that, it's it's not cheap, but, you know, you want a solid truck when you start modifying and making more power. I think well, your insights and your experience have given a lot of direction to the guys who are just like that, where they like their diesel truck, they need it, they use it, they're not racing, is stepping back, thinking of what's my budget, how much power will I need it? And then what kind of basic upgrades like 550 isn't that hard or even 575, you can still have a truck like yours. Yeah. The, I mean the new, the new fourth gens with how far the tuning has come. I mean, you're, you're, you're at five, five fifty with a couple parts and good tuning. Yeah. So that's, yeah. you know, that's, that's a very easy goal to, to attain. It is. And then, it's a matter of are you happy with it or are you getting bored and want that seven seven fifty? <laughs> oh, it's not a it's, it's not a matter of if you will. It's a matter of when how when and how quick you will uh, be looking for that next uh, hundred two hundred horse. That's for sure. <laughs> now, where for for anyone listening that's like I want to follow Greg's channel, how do I find him on there? What's the easiest way to look you up on YouTube and see what you're what you're building and well, all, basically everything we've talked about on, on sure. the podcast. 
my last name gets a little uh, gets a little confusing. So usually, if uh, on Instagram and uh, YouTube, if you uh, punch in Greg underscore A, which is the first, uh, my last name is Alberella, but it's kind of hard to spell. But uh, usually, Greg underscore A is my Instagram and will come up on YouTube pretty easily. I am definitely going to be following what you're doing at King Speed and Freedom Racing Engines and what you're putting together for ODSS, but that sounds really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be cool. That's for sure. I'm I'm very excited and very looking forward to uh, kind of having it all come together at the end, and that's where you know you see the finished product and you're ready to ready to use it. Awesome, Greg. I appreciate your time today chatting with us and sharing Absolutely. your experience and expertise and helping oh, our listeners out <laughs> yeah absolutely thank you for having me it's been a it's been an honor and a pleasure thank you patrick don't forget diesel fans make sure and check out dan's diesel performance for upgrades on your truck whether it's towing or a full-on race build and as well as amsoil to protect your investment with quality synthetics and diesel world mag you want to get ideas for your build check out what's going on in the race scene or even with the brand new trucks which there's a ton of rumors flying around about the new uh well the 2020 uh dodge trucks and even the new gms things like that all right guys till next time keep the shiny side up